What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. It is Dog Talk with your host, Holden. Glad to have you guys here today. Hope everybody is doing good today as we get fired up for another episode here. Uh, we got a lot to get to. A lot to get to, obviously. Um, pretty good game this weekend. We got a lot to break down in it. I think we came into this game pretty hot-headed, thinking that we had it in the bag and that it was going to be a simple walk of the dog here uh, coming into this game. And we found out pretty quickly that that's not necessarily the case on what, what it was that we had going on. Um, so we've got some stuff to break down in this. We're going to break down some other games that went on. Very interesting weekend for a lot of teams, not just Georgia. Georgia had a lot going on this weekend that was interesting. But a lot of other teams had some of the same similar instances that came up for them uh, in their games as well. And we're going to jump through some of that, go through some of the Twitter polls that we talked about coming into this game as the preview uh, and run through those because we got to go through what we thought was going to happen in comparison to what wasn't. Um, and I mean, that's 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 kind of going to be how we're going to do it today. Uh, kind of a, again, it's just, I, I don't know, yesterday was just strange. It was just a strange game. Um, so really, that's all there is to it. Let's jump straight to it while we're at it. So dogs, in the end, we do get a 39-22 to win. Uh, the biggest thing that I've seen some people talking about, and it's very true and something we do need to kind of remember, is it's a 17-point win. We still have to look at it and realize that, that it is a 17-point win. You have to be thankful for that. You have to be grateful for that because it could have gone two ways, and, and I think that's how we all thought coming into the game. It should have and could have went two different ways. One is Georgia absolutely steamrolling Kent State or uh, – Maybe this game being a little bit tighter, and unfortunately, I went the tighter way. I say unfortunately. Not really unfortunately. I tweeted this out earlier. It's actually probably a good thing that Georgia went through this. Kirby Smart has talked about it. I saw multiple guys actually tweeting about this as well. Georgia needs to battle some adversity, and battling it now against a Kent State that should Georgia have taken care of? Absolutely. In the end, we do. Uh but to battle it against this kind of a team as opposed to later in the season when you're you're playing a Tennessee or you're at Kentucky, you're at Mississippi State, those are games that you don't want to come into and all of a sudden have a struggle on your hands. Those are the games you don't want to come into and wonder, okay, what do we what do we look like if we're battling adversity? Is it, are we going to be able to handle adversity? Again, it's an inferior opponent in Kent State, and I, I say that and Take it with a grain of salt if you are if you have anything to do with Kent State coming into this because you held your own against the number one team in the country. Not only the number one team, but also the number one defense in the country uh, who just looked completely different in this one. We went from first on uh, opponent's points per game to all of a sudden we've dropped down to fourth. Not that that's a big deal, uh, but you go from giving up 10 points throughout the entire season. Or excuse me, what did we give up before this? Yeah, I think it was right at 10, yeah, 10 points throughout the entire season to all of a sudden over double that in one game, giving up 22 to Kent State, two big touchdown plays. Um, again, we're going to kind of break down into it, but Georgia still looks good. Offensively, we're still scoring almost 42.2 points a game. That's still good enough to be 17th in the country um, when it comes to that. So, again, it's all about learning. Kirby wanted to see what Georgia could do at a, against some adversity. He got to see that. I think he was glad to get to see that again. If you're playing Kent State, it's much better than being on the road at Mississippi State. It's much better than being against Tennessee, who right now is looking really good. And they're the team that I said preseason coming into this that I wrote down here. I think Tennessee is going to finish second in the East, and I think Tennessee is going to be the one fighting Georgia for that SEC East title. Uh, and Kentucky right behind them. Both of those teams are still undefeated, and we play them late into the season. We play them 
After we play Florida, we got Tennessee at home, luckily. But then two weeks after that, we're headed to Lexington to play Kentucky. And both of those teams, now they do have to match up here coming up. Um, let me see if I can find. I think they may actually play later, too. So Kentucky and Tennessee, they play the same week we play Florida. So then right after that, we get Tennessee. So we're going to see. We're going to see what's happening with that. We get to see what they did this week in some of their games as well that we'll break down here coming up in a minute. But back to Kent State again, Georgia, 39-22. to Not the most impressive win, not what everybody anticipated. Again, the spread coming into this one was like 45, 45 and a half in some sites, depending on where you were looking at it. So Georgia didn't meet that. They didn't meet the criteria of beating the snot out of another team. But again, we learned some stuff about this team. Uh, we had to battle adversity. We had a lot of guys still get a lot of playing time, get experience. That depth got the experience that we wanted. We're going to run through these keys here in just a minute and see what we look like on these. Um, but you just have to continue to get better. You win by 17, hey, it's a win. It may be a struggle win, but it's still a win. That's the good thing. Uh, and I've seen plenty of people going back and forth, oh, Georgia doesn't deserve to be number one in the country. You know, all these other teams do, and even I'm, I'm going to have to harp back to it, but Alabama fans, they're the same way. Oh, Georgia, yeah, I see, I see how it looks. Texas just lost to Texas Tech last night. So we're not going to have that argument today. We're not going to do it. We're going to stay out of that as best as we can, and we're just going to continue to press forward uh, as the dogs are going to be doing. Because even if you're not number one in the country right now, even if you're not number one in the country when 2 o'clock rolls around today and that AP ranking comes out, guess what? doesn't matter doesn't matter until december we've got to continue to win week in and week out and then once we get to the opportunity you win all these games like you're supposed to do you get that opportunity in december to keep that going and if you can do that then you stand a chance to be highly ranked when it comes down to the college football playoff time later on in december so right now doesn't matter do we want to be number one in the country? Absolutely, but we still have work to do to get there, and that's one thing we got to see this weekend. Um, injury update, I really don't have much. A couple of the guys look a little beat up. I know Kenny McIntosh later into the game, uh, he was kind of beat up, limping a little bit here and there. And I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't get to see most of this game. I probably watched, I would put it 50 to 60% of this game, maybe, uh, because, again, where I live, unfortunately, not the greatest internet. You don't have the greatest signal even for a phone out here. Um, so it, sometimes it's kind of tough for me to do this show alone, just getting everything out to you guys. But I appreciate you guys who are here listening, wherever you listen on podcasts, watching on YouTube. Um, again, just appreciate that. But I didn't really get to watch a lot of this. I've already looked, I think, on SEC Network, maybe coming up Tuesday, if not Wednesday, they're actually going to put the game on SEC Network for you to watch. I'm going to rewatch it then, probably before we prepare Thursday for the uh, Missouri game where we do the preview that Thursday night. I'll probably rewatch it and have more to talk about when it comes to that. But I missed a lot of this game just trying to keep up with it and watch. Uh, I mean, the first, and I've, I've see, I saw quite a few of you guys also weren't very pleased with it when it came to uh, I think I think they missed multiple snaps eight plus in the first half alone well you didn't even get to see it uh, I didn't see any of the touchdowns well I say I didn't see any I didn't see either of Brock's didn't see his at the beginning of the game which was like eight seconds into it I didn't see his end around for a 75 yard touchdown I've seen plenty of the replays of it and I've kind of ran through a bunch of other stuff to be able to at least do this show and and, and talk to you guys about it but unfortunately I didn't get to see enough to where I can say hey you know, we really, we really looked sloppy here. We, did, we didn't look the best here. We didn't look the best here. This guy needed to do this. This guy needed to do this. And I'm going to go ahead and get the elephant out of the room to start it. Lab McConkey, rough game. But guess what? Everybody has their days. Uh, 
us as, uh, if you want to call us media, people who are at home and you go to a normal job and all you do as a fan is watch the game and critique it. You have your days as well where you go to work and you just, you're not, you're not top notch. It's okay. Just because these guys are in, in the spotlight and it's up to these guys to make plays happen for Georgia to win and for us to be excited about it and everything like that, everybody has their days. Unfortunately, it wasn't his day. You're going to have a day that's going to be the same way. It's just not your day. Things don't go the way that you want them to. And it just wasn't, unfortunately for him. But guess what? He lives to tell – he lives for another day. Next week he can come back and all of a sudden be the star-studded wideout that we've seen all season and make everybody quiet again and make everybody watch and go, okay, there's Lad. There's the Lad that we remember. And I guarantee you coming up against Missouri, he's going to do that. It's going to be a rough week. It's going to be a rough week for a lot of these dogs in practice. But guess what? We're learning. We're going to get better from it. Uh, I think I tweeted it. you got to learn from it and then go and earn from it. That's what you got to do, and that's what George is going to do. I have no doubt in my mind that Kirby, everybody, Todd Munkin, they're going to get these, get these guys in practice, get them in shape, coming up for Missouri, coming up for everybody that you got. You cannot overlook these little teams anymore. I said this coming into it. One of the keys that was kind of the end of the show last week or the couple of days ago anyway – can't sleepwalk into these games, and I even said it. It's an inferior opponent, but I also said there at the end, this team scored 63 points the week before us. So don't think that their offense isn't firing on all cylinders. They're going to do everything they can to not only score against the number one team in the def- or number one defense in the country, number one team too, but uh, they're going to they're going to give you everything they got. I mean, they have nothing to lose but to go and try to beat you. And they gave you your best shot. Again, came within 17, scored more than any team has scored against us in what feels like two or three years uh, now. But in the end, again, Georgia does walk away from it. A little bit of a scare, if you want to call it that, but it is what it is. Let's jump into some of these keys of the game here. Offensively, it was to handle your business, get some depth, experience in there, and come out injury-free. Did we handle the business? I didn't really feel that way. First half of this game, I think first quarter, what we scored 12 points coming into this game. Let me get it pulled up here on, on my screen at least. Yeah, first first quarter is 12 to 3. We get a safety in there, touchdown and a field goal to kind of get things to go. And obviously Brock, right at the beginning of this game, this looked like it was going to be a normal game for Georgia, absolutely waxing opponent with uh, Brock Bauer's 75-yard end around to put us up 7 nothing again like nine seconds into the game, something like that. Uh, 19 maybe it was the number but anyways then they go down kick a field goal we get a safety right after that and then hot pod hits a field goal nearing the end of the first quarter making that 12 to 3 so really low scoring but at the same time it was like okay a little bit of a sleepy first quarter let's see if we can get it rolling we get a couple of touchdowns in the second half but not before they get a huge 56 or second quarter not before they get a huge 56 yard touchdown pass down the left side to pull within two, making it 10 to 12, and then Brock Bowers another touchdown. They get another field goal, making it 19 to 13, just hanging around, and then right there at the end of the first half, uh, Stetson runs it in for a touchdown, making it 26 to 13. So, first half, we're, we seem to be moving the ball fairly effectively. When we look at the yardage at the end of this game here in just a minute, you're going to see Georgia put up yardage. Again, we had, unfortunately for Ladd, and I'm not going to pick on him here, but muffin a punt. Makes it tough. You catch a touchdown pass right across the end zone. That's an easy touchdown there. It's rough. And then we have a fumble, too, there in the first half, all in the same kind of sequence, what it felt like. It wasn't obviously the same drive. But all of that happened together and and put Georgia at a little bit of a deficit. Georgia, one, had not given up nearly this many points in a game, again, in a long time. Georgia didn't have turnovers either. Stetson throws his first interception of the season. 
kind of a rough pass. I did see that, but, you know, again, we're not always going to be perfect. This is the game that you don't want to be perfect in, though. We have multiple other opportunities against teams that if you aren't perfect, you don't win this game. You don't walk away with a 39-22 win. You probably lose a game against a much bigger opponent than a Kent State. Again, I'm not knocking on them because obviously they did their job and did what they had to do to come in here and give Georgia all they could handle coming into this game. So handling the business, kind of put that a little bit on the back burner. We look at the second half where we start to come out and we start to look a little bit better. But again, stalling drives, stalling drives. We drive down, kick a field goal. They drive down, kick a field goal. Again, they started moving the ball very effectively in that second half as well. Driving down the field against Georgia's defense. They kick a field goal, we go down and kick another one. Again, we're missing these touchdown opportunities. They run it in for a touchdown to pull within 10 there at the start of the fourth quarter and then halfway almost to the end of the fourth quarter, Kendall Milton with a touchdown to pretty much put it away 39-22. But again, just a just a, a rough kind of game. Defensively, our keys were Georgia, let's lock it down. Let's get that experience in there. Same thing, let's come out injury-free. We didn't see A.D. Mitchell on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, again, we're hoping Tyke can kind of step up on defense and be really good for us. Kenny Mack, again, kind of looked a little beat up into that. We're going to see how all this looks coming in to the pressers and everything Monday. Generally, I give you just a little bit of what I've kind of picked up or saw in the games. Again, I didn't get to see as much, so I don't have the biggest injury report for you guys. I'll wait to hear on that for Kurt from Kirby tomorrow, um, and we'll bring, obviously, any of that. You guys follow us on Twitter at DogTalk20. I'll try to put that up if I see anything important come out on that. But otherwise, come Thursday night show, which you, most of you guys listen on podcasts will hear and or see on YouTube on Friday. Um, we'll have all that information to you kind of preparing for Missouri. But we didn't really lock things down defensively. Again, we held them to 22 points. But again, Georgia, for a team who at the time is averaging 3.3 points a game, and only giving up 10 points on the season to give up 22, especially to a Kent State. Not really like Georgia's defense. That big breakaway pass on the left side, just a breakdown, and I really don't know, I guess, coverage over there. Um, looked kind of rough to, to see that happen, but again, this is this it looks rough to us because we haven't seen it in so long. Georgia's defense was so good last year that, again, we just didn't think that this is something that you would really see. Uh, so... But it is what it is. Unfortunately, with that, we did, again, on both sides of the ball, we got experience in there, so I was at least glad to see that. Injury-free, we'll see. We're going to see how that looks coming into this week and just pray for those guys who's got to go through practice with Kirby and these guys this week because it's going to be a tough one, and, and rightfully so. Even though this is a game that it's good to battle adversity and we did that, that doesn't mean that you don't have to work to get better, and you can guarantee they're going to grind to do this. Listen to Stinchcomb talking on the call, at least. You did get to hear uh, that Kent State seemed to come in with just a different game plan than any team Georgia has ever played. So it's good to know that at least this wasn't just a normal scheme that Georgia was just getting beat left and right in. Uh, this was a little bit of a change-up for Georgia, something they hadn't seen. Um, so I am at least glad to see that or hear that. Again, unfortunately, didn't get to watch most of this. So I will watch it later in the week, and we might talk some more about this. Uh, but again... Down to it, Georgia was a 45-point favorite. I picked it 52-3. to three. That didn't happen. You know, maybe a ball falls left or right a little differently here or there. Lad, unfortunately, a rough day. But has a, have, if he has a better day, maybe this game does turn out completely different than what it did. And I really don't know if you guys are watching YouTube while the screen's doing that. But anyways, um, unfortunately, it doesn't end that way. 52-3 to three is what I picked. It ends up 39-3. 
I still am proud of a lot of things here, and I do want to do this. Our dog of the week is going to be Brock Bowers in this game, and that's mainly because of this. Brock Bowers ends up being kind of the leading receiver, first of all, the, the rushing side of the ball, 77 yards, two touchdowns uh, on, the, on the night for him. Also caught the ball for 137 yards in this game as well. Uh, both of his touchdowns came on the ground, oddly enough, more like a running back than anything. Right behind him, Dejon Edwards leading the charge, running the ball. Kenny Mack behind him. Kenny Mack also getting 35 yards through the air. Kendall Milton, 41, with a touchdown on the ground and Stetson on the ground. The four touchdowns come. Two on the ground, one from Kendall, one from Stetson, and the other two from Brock. All four rushing touchdowns. Stetson did not have a touchdown pass in this game. Goes 27 for 36, averaging 7.6 yards and attempt, 272 yards. And, again, does have his first interception on the season. Defensively, though, uh, the dude who was wreaking havoc all night, again, we got a couple sacks in this game. Nice to finally see that. Nolan Smith gets one. And Jamon Dumas-Johnson, he gets a couple in this game as well with six total tackles on the night, getting the best of that. Christopher Smith does get an interception in this game as well, which looked good. Smile Munden and Malachi starts right behind them. All are both of those guys with four uh, solo tackles as well as six total on the night. So both of those guys look good. Defense, again, we're just kind of working things in, getting some experience in here. We didn't get nearly the depth on either side of the ball in this game playing, which uh, was, again, one thing that we wanted. But we still got some experience in there, which I was glad to see. You can't just all of a sudden throw your second and third string out there when first string is starting to have some trouble with some of these other teams as well. So overall, uh, uh, it's a win. That's all I can say. I'm not going to sit here and try to and try to belittle anything that Georgia has done in this game. We end up with 29 first downs compared to Kent State's. Almost said Kentucky. Kent State's 14. Rush the ball for 257 yards. They rush it for 93. We throw it for 272. They throw it for 188. They get a touchdown through the air and a touchdown on the ground. We get four on the ground and uh, none through the air, like I said. And this is what I was talking about at the end of the game. They end up with 281 total yards. Pretty good for a team in Georgia who's not not generally giving up that kind of yardage. Let me look back here and see what yardage-wise Georgia's generally giving up in a game. Yeah, defensively, generally through the air, we're giving up 171 yards, uh, and on the ground, we're giving up 86. So 257 yards is generally what Georgia might give up in a game. And in this one, 281, a little bit more than that, so still not too bad as far as defensively uh, things go. Again, just strange to see touchdowns come against us, but yardage overall, 529. 529 for Georgia, 281 for them, so we still did put up a lot of yards in this game, but again, you throw an interception, you have a fumble, those things when you're starting to drive, they, you stop. And then we have these stalled drives where we're having to kick field goals instead of getting these touchdowns. Uh, Makes me not necessarily nervous, but I want to see that improved. And I know Kirby does too. I know everybody else does too, and I think we will. We have time to continue to work on these things and get better as the season goes. Again, luckily this is against the Kent State, which we were able to withstand there at the end of the game. We do end up three turnovers on the night. They only had one with that one interception. Obviously we fumble it, one being a muff, and then the, the uh, interception by Stetson. Uh, as well but in the end again 39 to 22 got to take the win where you can even if it's not the prettiest and georgia does do that uh, so still got to wake up every sunday morning glad to be a dog win or loss no matter how ugly or no no matter how pretty it was uh, 
But let's go ahead and take a look at a couple of the games around the country as well because we did have some other pretty good games that did come into this game. Not only just Georgia, a couple of other teams kind of struggled with some, and we'll go through some of those now. Michigan being the number four team in the country, uh, just a squeak past Maryland, 34-27, another close one. Number five, Clemson travels to number 21, Wake Forest, and they go to double overtime for Clemson to get that win, 51 to 45. Penn State beats Central Michigan 33 to 14. Baylor squeaking by Iowa State, number 17 in the country, 31 to 24. Pitt beats Rhode Island 45-24. Florida Tennessee, this was a big matchup in Neyland Stadium for Tennessee. Tennessee has not won against Florida over the last 10 years, but one time, and that was 2016. Uh, two other games were were at least within like a touchdown, I think, they're around that 2016 season, but they hadn't beat them, hadn't been able to when we talked about that. They had this game in the bag, or Tennessee had the win pretty easily. Had the win, I think, by more than 10 points, too, late in the fourth quarter before Florida actually surges back in the end. Tennessee does take it, though, 38-33. to Texas falls to Texas Tech, 37-34 to in overtime. Middle Tennessee beats Miami in this one as well, 45-31. Oregon just does just does squeak past Washington State 44 to 41 like we said at the start of the season our last week again. We want Oregon to be successful as they move through the season again that just makes you look a little better. Tulsa giving Ole Miss all they can handle 35 to 27 Kentucky and Northern Illinois same thing sticking around Northern Illinois some of these teams that we should have put away um, some of these teams did not 31 23 Kentucky does win that one. Arkansas A&M, heartbreaker for Sam Pittman and the Hogs there as they fall number 10, Arkansas to number 23, Texas A&M, 23-21. That was another really good game uh, there as well. Alabama takes care of Vanderbilt, and Ohio State takes care of Wisconsin. Some of the other ones later on in the night as well. Kansas State ends up beating Oklahoma again for like the fourth time over the last, what, 10 years, I think, in meetings or the last nine losses that Oklahoma has handled, I believe four of which have been to Kansas State. USC squeaks past Oregon State 17-14. to BYU slipping past Wyoming 38-24. to Utah beating Arizona State 34-13. And Washington beating Stanford 42-22. Again, some of these games just being much, much closer uh, than you would anticipate. So Georgia wasn't the only team uh, that kind of battled some adversity this week. A lot of teams battled some of that same adversity coming into it. One thing I did tweet out, which I thought was kind of funny, it's kind of strange right now. FSU is the only undefeated team left in the state of Florida. Don't think anybody would have thought that the way the last couple of seasons have looked. They did start to look better last week, and they're picking it up. They're 4-0, only undefeated team left in the country. I fully expect to see them bump into the top 25 coming into this one after like a 30, I think a 30-plus point win this weekend. I don't even remember who they played, to be honest with you kind of blanking on it now but let's go and take a look real quick at our uh week four picks not the best week not the best week we're gonna run through it here i took georgia versus kent state but i took them in that spread 45 georgia gets the win but we do not beat them by 45 so one and one i took arkansas thought arkansas would get the win plus two and i'll tell you what the spread who vegas knows something man they do. They may get the Georgia 45 wrong, but they got the A&M Arkansas perfect, plus two, so that ends up a push at least on that. Uh, so it goes to like one, two, and one on the season or on the on the week. Then we jump down to Florida and Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee, I think they had it by more than ten and a half, and then they give it up there at the end. Do get the win, but don't cover the spread at ten and a half. 
so we're looking even worse. Clemson does win, and I thought that they would end up winning this one by more than a touchdown. They let Wake Forest stick around, and then they end up going to overtime. They do get the win, but don't cover the spread, so not the most beautiful week. Three, four, and one on the week. That one being the push there with Arkansas and Texas A&M. Ends up 18 11 and 1 so far on the season. Not necessarily my best work. Felt like I'd been doing good in years past. I'd been doing pretty good. Uh, but this week just wasn't my week. You know, it, it, again, like we said earlier, that happens. It happens occasionally. It's not the end of the world. Um, but nonetheless, had some really good games around the country. Was glad to see it. Again, glad to see Georgia prevail in adversity and win. The dog of the week, like I told you guys, Brock Bowers looked really good. Let's jump into some of the polls that I did want to run back into um, now that this game is obviously over, so let's jump into it here. Who's got more touchdown passes versus Kent State? And the answer is technically neither of them. Stetson Bennett or Carson Beck, again, we came into this game thinking Georgia would continue to handle business and continue to dominate teams, and they got a little bit of a, a, a wake-up call in this one. Stetson doesn't throw a touchdown pass. Carson Beck doesn't even get in the game to throw a touchdown pass. And, again, don't know why I put Beck's on it. So neither of those matter. Do we rush for more than 250 yards in this game? 57% uh, of you guys go with yes. And 43% of you guys go with no. We do end up rushing the ball in this game for 257 yards. So we push by it for seven extra yards. That's what we end up. 57% of you guys go with the yes, and that's what we end up on it. This one hit perfectly. Kind of what everybody thought coming into this game, and it does end up exactly that way. Who's going to be the top receiver versus Kent State? Brock Bowers, Lab McConkie, Darnell Washington, or somebody else. Brock Bowers with 40%, taken away with a lad at 30, Darnell with 20, and somebody else at 10. And it does end up Brock Bowers with 137 yards. Receiving in this one, right behind him was actually DeJon Edwards at 82, then Kenny Mack at 72, or excuse me, I actually have that wrong. It was Brock at 135, and then behind him was actually Ladd at 65, and then you go down from there. So it does end up being Brock on that one. Uh, so ended up pretty well. Then the last thing, will drop. Will Georgia drop 60 points on Saturday? 55% of you guys go with yes. This is what I kept going back and forth with. Does it have 56 nothing? 56-3? How does this end up? I ended up again 52-3, to thinking that Georgia would be able to handle business. And Georgia nowhere near 60 in this one, almost half of that. I was hoping at this point, nearing the end of the game, I was just like, man, I'd love to see just one more touchdown, see us get in the 40s uh, against Kent State there. That didn't happen either, so ends up being what it is, unfortunately. But again, like I told you guys, a win is a win, no matter how pretty, no matter how ugly it is. And Georgia ends up on top of this one. Dogs on top again, 39-22. Now we move on. We move on. We get prepared for Missouri. Again, I think it's going to be a really long week for the dogs of practice this week, and I think they need that. They battled the adversity. Now it's time to earn it. Now it's time to get on the field. Learn from it and earn from it, and that's what Georgia's going to do here moving forward, and I look forward to the opportunity for Georgia to be able to do that instead of having a loss in that column. do want to come in here, though, and make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at DogTalk20. I would greatly appreciate that. Uh, if you guys don't mind, if you guys want to watch on YouTube as well, we are up and running there. Make sure you guys like the video and subscribe if you check it out over there. All of this stuff is in the link of the description of the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Again, that link tree is there. It'll take you anywhere. Anywhere you guys listen on podcasts, make sure you give us that five-star review. If you want to support the show, the link is in the description as well. Other than that, we'll check in with you guys when we prepare for Missouri coming up this week.
Godal. 